This is an elephant speak. Search of Reality Podcast and its host does not necessarily believe in or claim that our guests' opinions and stories are a representation of our own views. The podcast, however, is dedicated to giving people a right to speak and share their stories. The In Search of Reality Podcast and its host may neither agree or disagree with episode content, but does respect the opinions, worldviews, religious ideals, and information that our guests provide. We believe in freedom of speech and a right to an opinion. Hello, folks, and welcome to the show. Today, we have a very special guest on the line. Um, she is an empath, a healer, a spiritual teacher, a past life therapy practitioner. I'd like to welcome Natalie Morrow to the show. How are you doing, Natalie? Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good. You, so where are you joining us from today? Um, I am in the UK. Uh, incidentally, I am in Bristol. Um, Bristol has now been put on the map because it's where the statue came down on Sunday. <laughs> So that's where I am. I'm in Bristol in the UK. Nice, nice. And how, how are things as far as, you know, the virus and stuff like that over there? Is there, everybody staying safe? Uh, some people are. Some people are going out. I think just like whatever you're seeing all over the world, really. There are people who, who want to keep it safe and they'll stay indoors. Other people who are just going out in parks. But I think generally the UK is doing okay. We're doing okay. Um, we still have restrictions. We're still on lockdown. Loads of shops aren't open, restaurants, that kind of thing. So people go out to parks and visit each other in their gardens and that kind of thing. Um, so it's okay. So you have a background in psychology. Um, I do. I, I do too. Uh, oh, so okay. I just kind of want to touch on that a little bit. So Absolutely. what? Uh, how deep do you go, you know, as far as like what kind of topics, where, where is your expertise lying? Um, well, I did, I studied psychology at university, um, but then I actually didn't follow through with uh, the career. Um, because I just saw a lot of things at university that I was a bit disillusioned with in terms of uh, practicing psychology as a therapist. Um, and it just, I felt it wasn't deep enough, you know, like I was always looking for something. And I think that's why I studied psychology to begin with. I've always been in a position where I want to help others um, emotionally, really. Uh, I want to help people overcome their traumas and that kind of thing. And psychology, for some reason, just wasn't deep enough. Little did I know the universe has something better in store for me in the future. And that's yeah. probably why I felt off in that moment. I get, um, I get, I get that as well. Yeah. That, that's funny that you say that, that it, it wasn't deep enough. And yeah. I, I kind of got that, I kind of got that vibe too. 
yeah. um, when I was studying it and doing it. You know, I, I spent about eight years in college doing it. And uh, okay. yeah, I got it. practice afterwards? Um, no. No. <laughs> no, I didn't. No, I did but, not. But it's one of those, it's one of those um, areas where you, you, you're going to use it everywhere. Psychology is... Ugh is everywhere isn't everything it's 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 in everything you look at it's in the media you consume it's in the stores you go to it's in the people that you meet so it's never wasted um my time at university was not in vain because now i have the skills and i have the knowledge which are helping with my practice today and it helps me just get along with people and understand people and and so yeah i, I can say it's definitely worth it even if i'm not absolutely not practicing today so how did this all get started for you? I mean, did you, did you, did it start with you on a trip to India or was it before this, that like this all got started, this, this journey that you're on now? Um, well, well, reincarnation is something I believed in as a, as a child. I remember being very young and sitting in parks before, before religion got into my head, before science got into my head, before anything corrupted my mind. I remember sitting in parks and just watching leaves fall off trees and they fall to the ground. And the way I would explain that in my head as a child was, you know, the, there must have been something, some sort of life in a leaf that would then go into the ground and come back through the roots of the tree and another leaf would be born. Um, so that was the way I used to explain it to, it, um, to myself as a child. Um, but then as I grew older, uh, I started getting more into science and obviously science really knocks the idea of reincarnation and spirituality and all this kind of thing. So I think I was a bit corrupted for a few years. Uh, I lost my faith. I was very much an atheist for, for a very long time. And then I got to a point uh, four or five years ago where I just wasn't happy in my life. I, I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't have a way forward. I felt stuck. I didn't like the, the work I was doing. I didn't like, um, the life that I was living, I was hitting rock bottom. It just felt like I was going through a very deep, dark night of the soul. And so I decided to leave everything, pack all my stuff, put it in storage and go traveling. Um, and so I just very randomly from one day to the very next, pretty much bought myself a plane ticket and I went traveling to the Balkans. And so I spent about three months out there doing a road trip and it gave me the chance for the first time in my life to really connect with nature and with people again for the first time because I had been, I'd spent so much time working um, throughout my 20s that I didn't really get a chance to connect with myself or with other people. So being in nature again and being with animals again, being just free really gave me time to think and reevaluate things and really just feel. And that's where it slowly began. Um, and then I was reading a Facebook post one day, actually, that was recommending a book um, which had an interesting title. It was called Many Lives, Many Masters by Dr. Brian Weiss. Now, I had no idea what this book was called, but I was looking for something. Um, and so I thought the, the title was very interesting. So I downloaded the book and I read it and it blew my mind. I'm sure many of your um, listeners will have read this book, Many Lives, Many Masters. Uh, it's really the first point for many people who are into reincarnation and regression and past lives and all this kind of thing these days. Um, because he is, he's just uh, one of the leading experts in, in past life regression therapy. So when I read this book, it really just changed everything. And it took me back to when I was a child and I, I'd look at these leaves and the way they fell down and just started making sense. Everything started making a little bit more sense. 
Um, so I read that book and then it became my mission to get regressed. I wanted to have past life regression done on myself because I needed to confirm and I needed to see if this was real. I went traveling to India. I was with a friend actually, and we were in Mumbai and I found a past life therapist. And so I called her and I booked a session with her and we went through with it. And I was with her for almost eight or nine hours. And I saw 11 of my past lives. And wow. I was, wow. I was, it was, yeah, it was intense, very long session. Um, but what really did it for me was towards the end. Um, I, she guided me towards uh, meeting one of my spirit guides. And so uh, the spirit guide that appeared to me was, he told me his name was Gabriel. Uh, I said, okay, Gabriel, how are you doing? And so I sort of spoke to him a little bit. Um, and he sort of gave me some guidance and some, he was telling me what, what steps I should take in, in my life, what kind of things I should be looking towards and this sort of thing. Um, and I remember his face very clearly. He was very pale, very blonde with about shoulder length hair and he had uh, like a white robe on. So when I come out of the session, I'm talking to the therapist. She, she asks me, do you know who Gabriel is? And I don't because I've never studied the Bible. I had been raised atheist. So I didn't really know who Gabriel was. And so she Googles his name, Archangel Gabriel. And the first picture that I see was the exact image that I had just seen in my mind, in my third eye. And then I do, I'm doing some research on Gabriel and it turns out he, he, he appears to, to artists and to, and to families who are looking to um, get pregnant and that kind of thing. But he, he works with artists, with writers, with musicians, and that kind of thing. That's the people he appears to. And it's interesting because with all the advice he was giving me, he was telling me to write a book. So that was like a double confirmation for me. He was telling me, you need to work on your craft. And at the same time, it was the same face I had seen when she Googled the image. So that was, that, that was really it for me. Um, not only did I, had I seen 11 of these, li uh, of these lives, but I also met Gabriel. Now so is, is he your spirit guide then? One of he's them? One, he's one of them, I guess. Um, so now, let, sorry to interrupt. Um, but uh, now, so can spirit guides then, they can, you can do multiple people. They guide multiple people. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. Because, you know, in the spiritual realms, we're not limited to, we're not as limited as we are here as humans, where I can only see one or two or three person, people at, at a time, whoever's in my peripheral view. Energy is everywhere and it's not limited by time or distance. So one in tidy can be all over the place. Um, you can be, you can be, you can be, so absolutely, people um, talk about me and Gabriel all over the world. And for, for years, for centuries, people have been speaking about Gabriel. He is the angel who, who came to um, Mary and Joseph to announce that Jesus was about to be born. He is the angel who appeared to Mohammed and dictated the, the Quran in the cave. Um, so throughout history, many people have reported seeing Gabriel. So he obviously is quite popular and he works with many people. And so this past life regression then was what really kind of pushed you over the so edge yeah. to believe in? The, the, the moment I, I, I came out of trance, um, I said to the therapist, this was amazing. I really want to learn how to do this. And she was more excited than I was by this because she says to me, you're absolutely right. If you stay with me, I will train you because you need to take this back to Europe. They need um, past life therapy in Europe. And so I said to her, well, my visa's almost done, so I can't stay now, but I'll come back. And I did. Six months later, I went back and I stayed with her for a month, um, basically almost living with her. We were, she works from her house. Um, so I was there from 10 in the morning until 
eight, nine in the afternoon, all day, every day with her. I watched her do many sessions. I mean, she's an expert in her field. She's been around for a while. She writes books. She's got an academy. Um, so she had, she had clients coming in every day, two, two people a day. So I was able to sit with her. Was there a past life that stood out out of the 11 that really like just... Um, well, yeah, I, there was one which, one which was my favorite, which is actually quite relevant to what's, what's happening now. I think it's, once again, activated this past life within um, everything that's been happening in the past couple of weeks. I was in one of them. I was an Egyptian woman, and I was born into a wealthy family, and this family had slaves. And I remember sort of growing up uh, as a teenager, being very uncomfortable with the idea that my family had slaves. I saw it as very inhumane that we would be forcing people um, in our home just to make us breakfast. So at a very young age, I actually helped the slaves escape from the family home, which they did, and then I ran away. And my parents had the um, soldiers, I guess. So I didn't get the year, but it was a very long time ago, long, long, long enough ago that we had slaves in, in Egypt. And so they had the police look for me and the police found me, they arrested me, and they put me in this very dark um, jail cell that looked like it was in a basement. The, the walls were made of mud. There was this tiny little window that was at the very top of the room. You couldn't even reach it if you wanted to look outside of it. And they, they undressed me and they whipped me as my punishment. And I, I was sitting in the chair seeing all this and I couldn't feel the whipping. I couldn't actually feel the pain of the whip hitting my back, but I could feel my back moving. I was moving in my chair as if like I were actually experiencing once again, like the, the physical trauma of it, um, of being whipped. Um, and then they threw me in another cell with a bunch of other prisoners who all turned out to be slaves as well. And so I tried getting them all together and, you know, and telling them we have to leave, we have to leave. I've done this before. I know how to do this. I can get you all out of here. But no one wanted to join me. Everyone was too afraid. Um, and so the, the voice in my head during this time, while I was seeing all of this, kept saying to me, uh, they have too much of a slave mentality. They're too afraid. Um, so they didn't want to leave with me. And I ended up getting caught and they beheaded me be because of the conspiracy that I was creating to wow. get these, these slaves out of this jail cell. Um, now, did you experience that in first person or third person? The death? I experienced a bit of both. Uh, I kind of jumped in and out of my body. So, for example, when I was getting whipped, even though I was, I was, my body was moving as if I were actually being whipped, I was seeing it from a third-person point of view. Um, so I guess my soul in that moment knew to detach from my body, um, which is something I tell customer, uh, clients all the time. When yeah. session, detach yourself from the body and float above the scene. It does seem um, to happen. It does seem to happen. Yeah, yeah, especially if you're if you're re experiencing something very traumatic like a death, a drowning, a burning, that kind of thing. It really helps to just detach from your body and just float above the scene so you can look down. You're not feeling anything, but you can still witness what's happening. So that's kind of what what I was doing. Um, but there were other times where yes, I was in first person and I could I could I could see into the faces of these people and I could see them looking back at me. Um, but this was my first session that I had ever done. And I had seen eleven lives. So I think now That's I look intense. back. Yeah, yeah. Now I look back and it's a bit muddy. Like I can't really remember sometimes. Was I in first person or in third person? It was what a is, lot. <laughs> yeah. What is interesting to me is that, you know, past life like kind of provides strong evidence of life beyond this one. What are your thoughts as far as like 
the feelings now, like when you were, when you were doing these past lives, you know, the feelings, the smells, the sounds, can you explain some of that to the listeners who have maybe never done a past life regression and how real Uh, it feels? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So for myself, um, I'm more of a knower. So when I experience my own past lives, I, uh, I get more of a sense of knowing, um, as opposed to feeling or smelling, but I have seen other, um, clients who, uh, very recently, actually, I did a session with, uh, with a girl who, um, before we went into her past lives, I took her to, uh, through her birth. So I do, there's a part of my session where I start off childhood regression and I take you into prenatal where you are in the womb. Um, and then you go through your birth. And when she went through her birth, she was telling me how she could smell the birth on her body and on her mother's body. And I thought that was incredible. That is incredible. Um, because it's just such a, like, I don't know, you can be in a past life and see a tree or a flower and say so you can smell it. But then again, you know what that flower might smell like because you, you might have smelled it before in your life. But do you really know what a birth smells like? And yet you can describe that to me in a lot of detail. So I think that's interesting as well. Um, yeah, I find it interesting too that um, sometimes you can kind of zoom in on years, right, of yeah. certain times. And you may yeah. not even be understanding of the historical significance of that time in this yeah. life, but somehow you're able to know that, like I, for an example, I had had one done where I like went back to like 500 BC and I was in Cyprus, you know, mm-hmm. as, and they were, it was ruled by a Persia at the time. And I, I didn't know that, you know, when I went into, <laughs> went into the, the past life regression, but you know, when I came out, I did some research and it's actually accurate. And then there's other cases like maybe for an example, somebody who goes back and has like maybe a native American you know, past life regression, and they may not even have any knowledge of Native Americans, but somehow they're able to pull upon that knowledge. Absolutely. Have you seen, you've seen experiences like that, right? Well, I saw once in India um, with one of the clients that the the therapist I was working with um, was doing the session on. And this man was very much Indian, very much a um, village type of Indian. These people have never left the country. They barely leave their uh, village. So they only really speak their local language. They don't even speak English. And this man came in and he was doing his session and he wasn't speaking the language, but he was reading something in Russian. And so we gave him a pen and a paper and with his eyes closed, he started writing out what he was reading and he was writing in um, the Cyrillic alphabet. Now, an Indian man does not know how to write in Cyrillic. I mean, this is not something that he could just be, you know, drawing on memory from. This was something that he was actually seeing. And I, it did, I tried to translate it and it didn't make much sense. I don't know if, if he got it right or whatever, but, but, I, but I recognized the, the, the letters, right? The alphabet. Um, and so that was enough to say, wow. And also examples of xenoglossy where people start speaking other languages. Um, I've seen that before and that is crazy as well as actually kind of scary um i saw a session where a man again an indian man started speaking uh like a very old african tongue very very old and made no no sense to me it just sounded like a bunch of literally sounded like that and he was doing it so fast 
for a moment i saw he was possessed <laughs> but he was uh-huh. he was really experiencing you know whatever it was he was he was he was talking about um and we had to ask him to snap out of it because he had gone so deep he was he was really like yelling almost um but that's amazing as well when you see that and that's always a beautiful confirmation if you can follow up and understand what language it is that's being spoken that's yeah that is that is interesting um what is another like maybe interesting past life that you've done on someone that kind of stands out to you um well i did a session with an american girl um i think she was from washington dc a couple of months ago and this girl well one of the issues that she had come in with was that she had arthritis in her hand. Um, and so she was a lovely girl, very sweet, very sensitive girl. So she went into five of her past lives and she cried in all of them, except for the last one. So we went into the last one and uh, I, I was taking her across the bridge, the bridge of time as I call it, um, where you step off and that's when you enter your past life. So as I'm taking her across the bridge already, she's laying in the chair. Her, her eyes are soaked because she's been crying throughout all of her past lives. And I can see her demeanor changing. She's starting to look a bit more confident, a bit more arrogant. Her eyes are still closed. But she, she's almost like sitting up in her chair now. Her shoulders are moving. Her chest is out. She's looking a bit arrogant. So then she steps off the bridge and she walks into this life where she is a British soldier during the American Revolutionary War. And she, she must have been in a, well, he, the man that um, she was re-experiencing, he must have been in a position of power because he had troops, he had soldiers that were, that were taking orders from him. And so he was telling us that he had just told his troops to do whatever they wanted to. They could kill her, rape, whatever they needed to do, they, would, they could do it. Um, because they were, they were invading this small uh, New York town. And um, so one of the things that he, this man, was doing, he would rape women in front of their children, and then he would kill the children in front of the mothers. And he would do this by grabbing the children by their neck and then um, pulling them up against the wall and choking them to death. And so then it was really interesting when she came out of this, uh, we realized that the, perhaps the reason she has arthritis now in this, in this lifetime in her hands is because of the stuck energy that negative energy from all those children that she killed by choking them wow. uh, to death, that, that would have stayed in her hands. So now I've given her a few more months to see how, how it's going, but I do want to get back in touch with her and ask her how her arthritis is. That's a disturbing it's um, very a disturbing. life for her. I, I almost feel absolutely. bad for her to have re-experienced that and to yeah, realize absolutely. that you were that, that person at one time. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think this is one of the things that most people will ask. What if I see something ugly? What if I see something evil? What if I was a murderer in a past life? And what I tell people is we've all been, (laughs) we have all been there. We've all, you know, earth is a school. And so murder is something you learn in the first grade, for example. Now, if we're here talking about spirituality and enlightenment and, and, and becoming a better version of it. That, that means we've learned that lesson. We've overcome that lesson. We're not in the first grade anymore. We're in the third grade now because we're seeking out, you know, more uh, higher vibration. Absolutely. Feelings, you know, uh, but we've all been in the first grade. So in order for our soul to, to understand that murder is not right, it's not more morally right, not just logically wrong, but morally wrong, you need to experience it. So you will have been murdered and you will have murdered. So you, you look at both sides of the coin. 
And that's when the, when, when the lesson fully completes itself, when you have experienced both sides of the coin, and then you move on. So murder, murder, unfortunately, these, these are very heavy energies, but there's something that all souls go through um, during their, their journey. Uh, usually younger souls. It's a lesson for sort of younger souls to, to learn um, alongside things like power and greed and, and selfishness and that kind of thing. But once you transcend those lessons, then you move on and you start, the soul starts looking for different lessons to learn, you know, connection and love and empathy and all these kind of things because we've checked off murder and we've checked off rape. Um, so yeah, while it is scary, I think everyone has had, has had it. That, that's an excellent answer uh, way to elaborate on that but uh, what are, without giving away too many of your secrets what are some of the methods you use on others to regress them um well i use progressive relaxation techniques so i start off uh, with the top of the head and i slowly relax the entire body and i use a lot of visualization so i use a lot of lights and colors and um, i put people in the garden just so they can um really start to get a feel of what it's like to be somewhere in their third eye really um what you're in a garden can you tell me what does it smell can you feel the sun and then yeah just I, I relax the body completely um which then gives chance for for the subconscious mind to turn off because what we do with hypnosis is we're turning off the conscious mind and we're allowing for the subconscious mind to open up so so these techniques that i use um allow clients to go into a theta trance state, which is the, the state we're in when we're sleeping. It's a dream state. Um, and all you really need to do for that is, is really just sort of relax the body and relax the mind. And most people are afraid. A lot of people think that they won't be able to go into trance, that somehow they're the one person in the world who just won't work for. But it's not, it's not like that. I mean, if you can fall asleep, you can go into trance and you can go into hypnosis. So it's, it's not, it's not really, it's not, it's not really a secret. It's <laughs> very quite simple. The tricky part gets, it's, it's afterwards once they start to go into the past lives and sort of navigating that aspect, which, which is where the secrets lie. Do you do lives between lives and what do you, what are your thoughts on that process? Oh, I, I, lives between lives is something I really want to get into eventually because I feel like it's very heavy work. Uh, so now for the time being, I really want to get comfortable with past lives and then we can go towards the planning stages because that's the part I'm interested in. Um, soul contracts and that kind of thing. How, how is it that we, we, we make these contracts with other souls? I'd love to do uh, sessions on that, but not yet. I'm taking it slowly, I'm taking it step by step. I'm getting as much as I can from learning about past lives. Um, and even childhood regressions, when I do that, you, you get a lot of answers from that. But yes, in the future, it's definitely something that I'm going to include in my, in my services, Life Between Lives. And that'll be a session on its own. Um, awesome. I don't even think I'll need to include that with a past life regression. It'll be just a session on its own. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on um, soul groups? And have you experienced that in any of your past lives? Uh, yes, absolutely. So I've seen so far um, my my grandfather in one life. I've seen my younger brother in two of them. I've seen my aunt. I've seen uh, I've seen one in my older oh my older brother in one of my past lives. So yeah, so I have seen family. I've seen a couple of friends. I've seen 
yeah, just people I've known. So absolutely. I, and this is something that happens with all of my clients as well. All of them are able to recognize someone. So this is something that I 100% absolutely believe that we are, you, you do reincarnate with soulmates. And this is why you can meet someone for the very first time and instantly you click with them, instantly you like them, you feel comfortable around them, you feel safe around them. It's nothing this person has done because they, you've not really spoken to them, you've not really interacted with them, but it's their energy. Energy speaks louder than words. Um, so you definitely recognize their energy and it's a soulmate. And granted, if I do a session on you, you will see them in a past life. No, I was just going to say, because we do absolutely mm-hmm. <laughs> reincarnate with the same soul over yes. and over again. I believe that too. I've had, yeah. I've had a few experiences mm-hmm. with that. And then a few people that I know have had experiences with me um, yeah. <laughs> in their past lives, which is, it's interesting to find out, find that yeah. out and hear that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of waiting for the day I do a session with someone and they just tell me, actually, I see you. <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, tell me more. <laughs> so you talk about clearing uh, karmic patterns. Can you touch on that a little bit? So often what we'll find is that we, we repeat the same lessons over and over again. So someone who's struggling um, with their identity in this lifetime, they've struggled with their identity for lifetimes. It's not the first time they're doing it. Um, and so by revisiting these past lifetimes, you, you can see, you can see that, you know, this is the, how, how do I explain this problem is not just a human problem. It's a soul problem. This is something that you have got deep, deeply rooted within your soul. And so just by acknowledging that that energy is there, um, it's, it's powerful. You can, you can just by acknowledging it, you can clear that straight away. I also do um body scans so i have people uh go inside their body and feel where they are holding certain emotions uh so anger for example may be stored in their shoulders and they've got shoulder pain so i ask them to clear that we we give it a different color we change shapes you know we just basically ask the the intention is what counts with everything when it comes to energy as long as you've got the intention right then you can you can change transform completely the energy within your body so if you're setting the intention to clear that that negative energy out or clear break that pattern it it just has wonderful results Uh the importance of meeting spirit guides and what what do they do um they give great advice um they give very good advice. So I have people meet a spirit guide after each of their lifetimes. I'll take them through their death. And once they experience their death, I ask them to follow the lights. So we know from many regression sessions and from near death experiences that people see a light after their death. So I have them go towards the light and then I'll ask them, who is here to meet you? And they'll tell me. And, it, and you, get, you get people, you get family, you get animals, you get lights, energies, all type of entities that show up to people. Um, and at this point, I'll, I'll, I'll guide the client towards asking their spirit guide, what was the lesson of this lifetime? And how does this connect to my current lifetime? And the answers that the spirit guides give are amazing. Uh, they're very wise messages. They're very loving messages. It's not something that maybe the the client would say for themselves this is obviously something that they're hearing they're they're being told and and you can tell by the language used language is different someone who might be a bit more casual or informal in their in their in their speech all of a sudden speaks very eloquently uh when they're speaking to their spirit guides and it's just the 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 insight that they that they can offer um is really where the magic is there 
um, and the way they connect your, your past life issues to your current life issues. Uh, there's, there's a lot of power there. Releasing attachments. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that? So this is a part where I, um, it's actually spirit attachments. So um, I actually never knew anything about this. And I, I, I only heard about this after doing my own session um, where we have neg negative entities uh, that attach themselves to us. So sometimes someone who's close to you may pass away uh, and they're not quite ready to leave the earth realm and into, go into the spiritual realm. So they'll attach themselves to someone that they love um, energetically. Uh, but what happens is because they don't belong in your body. They belong in the spiritual realm, not in your body. Your body's gonna be big enough for your own soul. So when they attach themselves to people, um, they often bring their own baggage onto this person they've attached themselves to. So some, let's say someone who, who is depressed um, while they were alive dies and then attaches themselves to their son, for example. The son will then start to feel depression because he's carrying the energy of this person who was depressed. Uh, and then what you find is when you release the, 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 the spirit attachment, then the depression slowly starts to lift because it's not, it's not something you're carrying within your body anymore. Um, and it's incredibly effective. People see, so what I have, I have people do at the end of the session, again, they scan their body and I'll, I'll ask them to recognize, see if they can identify a face. And they do, and they come up with all sort of scary, demonic faces. Um, sometimes it's not even a face, sometimes it's just a light, like a dark, heavy light somewhere in their body. And then they just ask for forgiveness and they send it to the, to the, to the light. Now I've seen, I've seen, I've seen some crazy things doing spirit attachments. Um, so I had a girl once sitting in a chair and she wasn't quite able to, to get into her past life. So I would take her up to the bridge or to the door, whatever method I was using. And she couldn't get through the door or off the bridge. Um, and then I asked her, why? What, what are you seeing? And she was telling me, well, I feel like there's something holding my eyes closed. And I thought, that's a spirit attachment straight away. So I took her off the bridge and I sent her inside her body. And she identified some, something around her, her head. There was, she felt like, like she could see fingers on her eyes. And so I, I asked her to, you know, speak to this entity to ask what it wanted. Why was it here? Ask for forgiveness if she's ever done any harm to the soul and then just send it back to the white light. And she starts crying. She starts crying because she says he doesn't want to go. And now he's moving the chair. I was sitting right in front of her and the chair was not moving. The chair was not moving. But she was saying it's spinning. The chair is spinning. Make it stop. And she was grabbing onto the chair. Make it stop. Make it stop. Uh, he's he's moving the chair towards the door and I'm sitting there thinking you're not moving at all so you're fine don't worry you're okay um and then she was telling me it was a boy it was a little boy um the, the spirit I guess of a little boy attached to her and he was saying I don't want to go I don't want to go I want to play with you she's saying no you can't play you need to go towards the white lights uh, and this little boy was saying okay I will go only if you promise me uh that when I come back we'll play hide and go seek and so she told him, okay, I promise we go towards white light. And then next time you're back, we will play hide and go seek. So, so the spirit um, went towards the white lights. And I explained to her afterwards, you never uh, negotiate with the spirit. Uh, he does not belong there. He needs to go. But what was interesting was that the way she was feeling in the chair, that, that it was spinning, you know, she could see him spinning the chair and moving the chair towards the door and she was nowhere near it. 
she was nowhere near it, but she could feel it. And it was, it was amazing to watch. And I'm sitting there in my chair thinking, wow, <laughs> how close is he to me? Wow. <laughs> he's in my chair because I don't feel it. <laughs> uh, so I saw that a couple of times where people will cry in their chair and they'll say something's moving, something's moving. And it's not anything moving. It's just they've got a very dark entity attached to them. And they feel much lighter and much lighter afterwards. So people maybe sometimes who have severe headaches, the headaches don't go away. And then you do a body scan, it turns out they've got an entity stuck there in, somewhere in their head, attached in their head. So when it gets released, their headaches disappear. Um, it's fascinating. <laughs> that is fascinating. So what what is the end game for our soul's journey? What do you think what do you think it is that the purpose for you know the higher vibrations and what 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 are we trying to do here? I think um, we come to the, it sounds cliche because I, I, a lot of people seem to say it, but I really do believe it's just about learning to come back to yourself, um, learning to ascend all these earthly, lower vibrational feelings. So while, while you keep reincarnating and being triggered by things, by people, by emotions, while, until you learn to master your emotions, you're going to keep coming back because you always see you've, you've got work to do. So I think the end game is getting to a point where you can go through your life in your power, always. I mean, you don't, get, you, you don't have people bring you down. You can stay in control of your emotions and control of your energy. Um, and, and also serve as, a, as an aid to helping other people. Well, I think once you reach a certain level, it is your duty, it is your mission, it is your purpose to help other people also reach enlightenment. And just the whole um, raising the, the vibration of the planet, I think that's what we're all here to do. But in terms of our soul journey, I think it will just take as many lives as it takes until we ultimately reach that point where we, where we, where we stay in our power, where we are not being influenced, where we are not, being, we're not reacting emotionally. Uh, to people and to things, um, we're not being corrupted. We can, we can. We're very in tune with ourselves, with our intuition, and that's hard. It's not easy to do, um, especially in the society where we live in, where it is not popular to to speak of spirituality. It's becoming more popular, but it really we're not quite there yet. We're not taught how to cleanse our chakras or open our third eye. Um, and so it's difficult to stay in that vibration throughout a lifetime because you've got enemies everywhere. You've got people all over the place who are trying to, to bring you down, who are trying to make you mistrust your own voice and your own intuition. Um, and so it's very hard to stay on track. So I think the point is getting to a place where you do stay on track, um, where it comes naturally and easily for you which takes a while. I'm not there yet for sure. I'm going to need a few more lifetimes um, until I accomplish that because I'm, I'm still affected by things. I mean, you see what's happening in the world right now um, with the Black Lives Movement, uh, for example. I'm affected by that. It's, it's social injustice and, you know, I can feel my energy dropping when, when things like this are happening. So that's not me remaining in my power at times, um, which is a very human thing to do. I mean, we're all affected by the, by the things that we that, that yeah. hurt other people. We're all interconnected, right? Absolutely, yeah. But I think I do think that you do reach a, a, a point in your growth where you can observe and not absorb. Um, that's interesting. Yeah, that's. I think that's where we need to get to. 
and and most of us aren't out there. I mean, how many people do you meet who are <laughs> who are like no, it's it's very advanced stuff. Yeah, it is advanced. But, it's self actualization. Yeah, it's a lot of different things on a lot of different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you recommend for someone, or a reason why they should have a, a regression done or seek a regression? Oh, oh, I can I can think of a few. Um, if not to heal, maybe traumas or issues that you know that you need to heal. If anything, just for curiosity. I found one of the biggest things that have changed in my life since 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 doing my own regression, especially, but since looking into reincarnation and all this um, came to it, is that I my I used to be terrified of death. I used to be terrified of death. I used to walk down the streets and I could see accidents happening everywhere. I could see cars crashing. I could see uh, trains coming off their tracks. I was absolutely terrified of death. And I thought it was waiting for me around the corner every day. And it, that's gone. That's completely gone from my body. Um, it's not a fear I hold. It's not a vibration I hold anymore. And now I'm in a place where I think if I die tomorrow, it's meant to be. Everything happens for a reason. It's one, the one thing, especially that I've learned through, through regression. So you do see how everything happens for a reason. Um, so, so just experiencing the transition um, of life and death is the biggest. That fear of death at, at an early age, do you think that's part of what has driven you to become the person you are today? No, I don't think that was. I think that helped me back, if anything. Um, because I was afraid to branch out a bit more because I thought, well, if I do, I'm going to die, obviously. That wasn't what, um, what, what, what triggered my interest in, in, in the spiritual realms. I am, I'm a very curious person and I'm, a, I'm always looking for something, something of death, something that will explain this mad world that we're living in. Um, so that's how I, I, I eventually got to spirituality from experiencing things myself. But it definitely wasn't the fear of death because I wasn't looking. I didn't, I didn't realize there was a way of, of eliminating that fear. I, think, I just thought that was a natural human thing to feel. Uh, so I wasn't actually seeking anything out to fix that because at the same time, while I knew it was happening, while I knew it was giving me anxiety, I didn't think it was really that big of a deal. And it's now that I realize and I look back and I think, wow, I feel so much better <laughs> now than I did then. Um, just about life in general. Just once you realize that if you die, you die because that's how you're so planted, then it makes life so much easier because you're not stressing out about it anymore. And I think it, it, it enables you to, it kind of frees you up to live, right? Yeah. Exactly. Once, once, once you release that fear and you put that aside, it kind of, exactly. it kind of gives you the freedom to actually start living your life yeah, and, and to enjoy things. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's just also knowing that you're, you're going to be back. So you're not missing out on anything. You will be back. And I know this. And, and that helps me so much. Um, just getting through everything in my life. Uh, it's, it's, it's very powerful um, when you begin to see lesson in everything that you go through as well. And how, how everything, everything is always happening for a reason. Um, and it's also, going back to the death thing, I... I feel more comfortable now. For example, I travel a lot. I love to travel. Um, and I feel a lot more comfortable doing it now because now I, I feel within myself, like, why would I die tomorrow? There's no reason for that to happen. I am here with a mission. I have got something to do on this planet and I've not done it yet. So I'm obviously not ready to die. 
So that allows me to sort of walk down the streets in a foreign country without the fear of maybe something happening to me, whereas I would have before. Um, I, there's a knowing within myself now that I didn't have before of knowing yes. that I'm here to do something. Yes. I've not done it yet. So my time is nowhere. I'm not even close. Yeah, that's very. I get, I get that completely. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to live your life. <laughs> Natalie, it's been a fascinating conversation. Where, where can we find you and, you know, where can we get a hold of you if we want to get a regression done? Okay. Well, you can check out my website, nataliemorrow.com. I'm on Facebook as well at Natalie Annabelle Morrow. Annabelle is my middle name. Um, and so that's where I'm, I'm at, at the moment. Um, I will start using Instagram and things like that later on, but for now I, Facebook is where I'm most active. So if you want to shoot me a message through there, I'd be happy to, uh, for a chat. Well, thanks Natalie. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for being on the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, reality searchers, that's it for the show. Please remember to share the show with your friends. Let everyone know about the show. I'm now going to leave you guys with a quote. Just uh, maybe think about the state of the world and the things that we're going through right now as I read this quote. Oh, alas, alas, fortunate child of Buddha nature. Do not be oppressed by the forces of ignorance and delusion, but rise up now and result with resolve and courage. Entranced by ignorance from beginningless time until now, you have had more than enough time to sleep. So do not slumber any longer, but strive after virtue with body, speech, and mind. That quote is from the Tibetan Book of the Dead.